Welcome back. My name is Patricia Regeer. Thought this time I would go with the Just Podcast and read and share a blog post that I wrote about a month ago uh, about Chat GPT. Um, so this is going to be a little bit different than how I typically write blogs or articles. I'm going to share and then I'll give you um, resources and link below a blog or article, um, maybe with the more abbreviated version as well. So a deep dive into my thought process about chat GPT. And again, my name is Patricia Regeer. So I remember only several months ago, and it was maybe the end of last year or the beginning of this year, that I received my first question from someone asking me what I thought about chat GPT. And I honestly had not heard too much about it at that point. Um, when I started hearing about it again and again, as people are getting pretty excited talking about it, I resisted. Um, and that's what sometimes I do that when things are the trend. And, um, you know, and it might seem like I'm always on the cutting edge of the latest tech trends. And that is partly true. I really love it when a new feature is added to a platform I'm already working on. I also love trying new things and expanding my skills and options, especially when it comes to engagement options and that learning experience design or journey for my participants. However, when it comes to something that is hot and everyone is talking about it, whether it's the, you know, the it movie or books or shows or new technologies, sometimes I resist. It may be that rebellious side of me that does not want to be like everyone else. And oh, it also might be because I want to make sure I know what sets myself apart from others. So it's not easy to unpack this um, when, when we're close to the situation of why we feel the way we do, you know, um, and that sort of thing. So I thought, okay, let's, it's time. Um, you know, when I attended a fantastic session through our Canadian Association of Professional Speakers and heard about how someone else was using chat GPT as a tool, this got me thinking. Uh, we explored how, you know, I really like think, uh, you know, critical thinking, thinking about this, the new tool. Um, and I was now ready to explore it. Now, sidebar question, what builds readiness in yourself or who you work with? Um, you know, and that's something that you can unpack when you, how do you get yourself ready to explore something new or jump into a new learning curve? All right, side note set aside. So once I was ready, I jumped in and wow, I was impressed. What this could do to save me time give me ideas and help with research and create creativity prompts in my writing and more. This is what intrigued me. Now, if we're already paying an assistant to research or edit our beginner drafts or take our words from a video and start a blog, how was an AI option different? And no offense to assistants, because I know there is a difference. But this may even be an option for virtual assistants or assistants to help their process. 
So the option of saving time is also saving money and energy. And I thought this is something that is a positive, a good option. The difference when we're using AI or artificial intelligence is our critical thinking and responsibility for how we use it. That is the way it is with everything. Do you take the time to unpack the morality of an issue, the ethics of your actions, choices, and options? I often do. Part of my months of resistance was taking the time to think about the ethics and impact. If people don't don't learn how to write anymore, where does that leave us? How do we authenticate whose voice it is in the words? Does it make it less valuable? People hire ghostwriters and we don't always know it. Is that okay? These are not judgments at all. It was part of my processing and unpacking the situation as I was feeling what was shifting in front of us. So this is giving you some insight to in my thoughts. So once I started using the tool, I was taking responsibility for how I was potentially going to use it. I was testing the parameters. I asked ChatGPT to write in the voice of Patricia Regeer from Regeer Education and from Regeer Education and Services. I have a lot of content in the world, over six years of content, writing and posting at minimum once a week, something. Um, So there's a lot there to sift through. So although this also kind of scares me a bit, if others can pull my words, however, this gives additional credibility to what I was using with ChatGPT for myself. If we ask our students to dig deeper, to go farther with how they feel about or think about something when they use this tool, then we're doing more with it. I asked ChatGPT to source what it pulls, and then I verified those sources and links and references. I don't take Google's word for it. I need to verify and ask for myself, do I believe this? I would do the same with other AI options. And this is the thing. AI has been around for a long time. Beyond chatbots and automatic responses, algorithms and computer code, AI is not new. We depend on spell check and grammar check programs and suggestions to support and improve our writing. If we think about it, what are some other examples of AI-supported functions that we've been using for a long time? But yes, chat GPT is a whole new level of how we use AI and how we think about it. So if I pull something from chat GPT or AI generated anything, I need to change it and make sure it is my voice. And I believe what is being said, we can add our own stories, examples, and experiences to the writing. However, this is a wonderful tool to help speed things up. The paint, For example, the painful process of writing policies cover letters, and proposals. It can be a research assistant and a prompt for writing articles, blogs, books, and more. It can be like the person we bounce ideas off and a writing partner. How we fact check 
verify or think about the writing from the AI are other aspects that we can be responsible for as well. If wonderful writing, thought-provoking insights are pulled from well-written and thought-provoking prompt research questions, are we not part of the outcomes? We often get what we put into anything in life. And then another question is, should we reference at the bottom of a blog or article that part of the writing process was with ChatGPT as a partner? If you know, we are still responsible for it and put it out for others to read. Do we care that we know if articles are chat GPT or from a person's head? Are we ashamed of using this tool? Should we be? I have, I think, one article that I use chat GPT currently in my blogs, and I did reference that it was part of the process. I haven't used it as much as I thought I've been paying for the monthly amount. I think it just takes time and it's a shift in how I work. Usually it's my head. I do some research, but I jump in. So, you know, and, and continuing with those should questions, should we care if others judge us? Should we be transparent as a sign of authenticity? We may not be able to say how much is AI, but there's definitely programs that people can check. Um, we, But it's difficult. If we change things, how much did we change? Or should we have to? Does it take away from what we were learning or thinking about? This is the next level of writing skills. We read books, write school papers, expand on someone else's ideas, or we look for evidence to back up or dispute our ideas. Writing skilled questions are essential when using this tool, and critical thinking skills are imperative. Referencing is now in a new era, and we don't know yet how this will all turn out. So what do you think? The follow-up article will be from ChatGPT um, in one of the, the additions to this podcast. I will write a summary of my own thoughts here, just sharing what was in my head. And I will also have a follow-up article that I'll link there as well that was ChatGPT with my editing as well. So this article uh, down below and this podcast is all me. Typically, I write a little bit differently than this when I share blogs and articles. And typically, I talk on camera first and then write a more synthesized version. So this time, I did it the other way around. You get to see inside my thought processes and the way I write in my journal um, or for potential future books, approaches I could take. I would like to know from you, do you like to see more of this style of writing from me or podcasts? I will continue to also provide pro tips and tutorials, but the deep thinking stuff might be interesting to share with you as well. I decided to do this as podcasts because, because first of all, I don't feel camera ready. Um, and I just, because I didn't want to be reading, then I'm not looking at the camera. And I really wanted to share the inflection in my voice 
of how I was thinking and therefore how I was writing. I wanted you to hear that in the podcast and not be distracted by the video of me trying to look at you through the camera. So this type of writing is more vulnerable than my other styles that I've been sharing recently. Um, so let me know, what do you think of this? What do you think of the topic, chat GPT? How are you processing in this new era that we are currently in? And why do we write in our own words? And why do we care that's our own words? We're certainly bringing our own experience to anything that we're doing. And this is just something that we can process and unpack. There's definitely other pros and cons, and especially when we're talking about writing school essays uh, with this topic. But from an entrepreneur or speaker, facilitator, business owner, um, or leader in your organization, this could be a helpful tool, um, but it's all in how we use it that makes the difference. Thanks for checking this out, for listening, for reading. Um, and my name is Patricia Regeer from Regeer Education. And until next time, let's think about how we facilitate engagement with our audience to turn them into participants and all the tools that can help us do that. Thanks again. Until next.